2: Rebuilding Rutgers from the Ashes is produced by NJ Advanced Media. Subscribe and listen to the show at nj.com slash podcast. Join the conversation on Twitter by using hashtag RebuildingRutgers.
3: When Chris Ash decided to take the head coaching job at Rutgers, he brought with him many strategies and tactics he learned at Ohio State. He also brought with him Kenny Parker. Officially, Parker is the strength and conditioning coordinator. Unofficially, he's much more than that. Welcome to Rebuilding Rutgers from the Ashes. I'm Joe Gillio. Ash and Rutgers have invested heavily in nutrition and sports science to catch up to other Big Ten programs, and it's Parker's job to run the show. Here's NJ Advanced Media reporter Ryan Dunleavy. There's
4: one thing you need to know about Kenny Parker that tells you everything you need to know about Kenny Parker. No matter the temperature on the football field or in the Hale Center weight room, Parker always wears at least two jackets. Even during the record-setting heat wave that melted New Jersey at the start of training camp in August, the former University of Florida star sometimes wears three jackets under an all-black outfit. You might think that's crazy, and you might have a point. It makes you wonder about the Rutgers Football Strength and Conditioning Coordinator, the guy who spends more time around the players than anyone else. Here's his explanation.
0: When I played football, I had, a, at the time, a career-ending injury. I had three back surgeries in one year. So the doctor said I wouldn't play ball no more. I politely said, sir, you don't know who I am. I mean, that's not going to happen. I will play again. So after missing two years of ball, I started the next two years and. During that time when I missed, I wore a whole bunch of sweatshirts. Reason why, Florida's really hot. And the last thing I wanted to worry about was heat when I got back from finally rehabbing and getting my back the way it needed to be. So when I got back on the field after wearing all them hot shirts, I wasn't hot no more. And So mental training, if you want to call it, just kind of mental toughness, and I just carried it on and been like that ever since.
4: Like Parker said, sir, you don't know who I am. That's what Rutgers is trying to tell the Big Ten as it rebuilds its program under new head coach Chris Ash. And one of the best ways for Rutgers to reintroduce itself to football powers is, quite frankly, to hit them in the mouth when they don't expect it. That's where Parker comes in. His job is to take the Rutgers football players and make them bigger, faster, and stronger, mentally and physically. Next, he turns them over to Ash for practices and games. And then, when Parker gets the players back, squeeze them for more. Here's why. The average weight of Rutgers' five starters on the offensive line is about 306 pounds, which ranks ninth in the Big Ten. The average weight of Rutgers' four starters on the defensive line is about 277 pounds, which ranks 8th in the Big Ten. Only Nebraska and Northwestern are smaller on both sides of the line of scrimmage. And it's not just in the trenches. To compete with national powerhouses, Rutgers has to recruit and develop better athletes, players who can dominate at their positions. Here's how critical Ash believes Parker is to Rutgers' success. Parker's $260,000 annual salary is more than twice that of predecessor Jeremy Cole and more than any of Rutgers' seven position coaches.
5: The person that heads up that area, it's uh, the most important person in the program. That's where your team is built. And you got to have faith and trust uh, that they're going to run it the right way. I'm not the strength and conditioning coach you know. Kenny is. Uh, I don't want to have to go down there and, and micromanage it and get involved in what's going on down there. And I don't have to because I've got complete faith and trust in him and his staff. He's surrounded himself with some outstanding people that he knows and trusts. Uh, they've been in this type of a system before. Uh, so uh, it was easy to get full alignment with those people down there. But uh, yeah, it's a a really important hire that uh, you got a guy that's going to physically and mentally develop the players and have it aligned with the coaching staff and uh, be able to have open and honest conversation in our staff meetings about where the players are and what their attitude and effort's like.
4: During their two years together at Ohio State in 2014 and 2015, Ash, then the Buckeyes defensive coordinator, found a kindred spirit in Parker, who was the assistant strength and conditioning coach. Both men thrive on competition and both preach toughness. With Parker, everything is a competition. The idea is that fighting to win an arm wrestling battle in front of your teammates will translate to fighting to win with them on Saturdays, especially in the fourth quarter.
0: From first in the weight room to last in the weight room, to whoever did the most pull-ups, sit-ups, who tied their shoe the fastest, who was the fastest in running. To give you an idea, when we do our dynamic stretch, uh, we have a conditioning. We run guys in the beginning of practice instead of the end. We race then. We race at the beginning of practice every day. So we're racing, we're running, because everything's competition. So we're trying to can find out who are the competitors and who, who's not. Because there's no such thing as a sometimes competitor. Either you are a competitor at everything you do or you don't.
4: Ash picked Rutgers over Syracuse during the offseason, but said he might not have taken the $2 million a year job if he couldn't have convinced Parker to come along because Parker is also a life coach.
0: I wouldn't say that I'm a strength coach, to be honest with you. You know, a lot of these kids don't have dads. They don't have uh, father figures in their life. So we definitely take it in a different approach. And for one, we try to get these kids to gain, our, uh, gain their trust and vice versa, both ways, and just make sure that we treat them like my dad treated me. I always hounded me. <laughs> did mm-hmm. not let me breathe. But it was in a good way, though. Came with that tough love.
4: Ash put it another way to a crowd of VIPs on hand when Rutgers unveiled its newly renovated $1.65 million weight room.
5: Kenny is the head of our high-performance team. There are so many people that touch our players' lives and have a role in our success outside of just X's and O's. Somebody's got to align those people and coordinate those people and make sure they're all working together to develop our players in a lot of areas. And if problems come up, Somebody's got to be there to help help uh, identify problems, but get problems solved. And Kenny does so much behind the scenes besides just teach these guys how to bench and squat and uh, run fast. He runs our high performance team to help us get this whole organization aligned.
4: Sports science is a sexy term these days, thanks to Chip Kelly, Sports Center segments, and ever expanding research. But what does sports science actually mean? If an athlete is well-conditioned, he is less likely to wear down during games and the long season. So sports science is a way to meticulously study and track how each player's body reacts to sleep, exercise, training, and calorie intake. At Rutgers, the strength and conditioning program includes nutrition, recovery time, and hydration. Players must have a water bottle on them at all times. In some ways, it's more important than a playbook.
0: Looking at the medical records before we got here, a lot of kids had injuries, a lot of soft tissue injuries. Your body's made up of roughly 70-75% of water, so we're going to make sure it stays that way.
4: To handle Parker's intense workouts, players must be fueled and rested. That's where Rutgers Director of Performance Nutrition, Allison Kramer, comes in. She tracks everything from players' weights to their sleep habits and food allergies. Every athlete's needs are different, but the general rule is a Rutgers player should be eating five to six times per day, every two to three hours if you're trying to gain weight, every three to four hours if you're not, plus hydrating every hour.
2: Proper nutrition can, I think, make or break an athlete. Um, for instance, I like to tell my athletes when they are up against an equally skilled opponent on the field that whoever um, came to that game better fueled will have the advantage without a doubt. Um, so that's where, you know, you'll see it show up during games. Um, during practice, I actually recently had an athlete where the coach kind of saw the player, um, you know, not, not performing at his best. And then you could really tell that, hey, he's not giving his all. And, you know, we found out that he wasn't eating a lot of breakfast. And um, I started monitoring him a lot more.
4: One of the first major noticeable changes of the Ash era was the addition of a 24-hour snack stand in the Hale Center.
0: Well, for one, a lot of I thought these kids were underweight by position. It didn't matter whether he was an O-lineman or a D-lineman. Uh, the food that they put in them, either it was overweight, very badly, or very underweight. Especially the skill guys, they was very underweight for what we we're going to ask them to do and how they are. They need to work, so that's why we put in the 24 hours having food available. I mean, for what we ask these kids to do, they got to be able to eat.
4: Football coaches didn't think like this when Ash got into coaching 20 years ago at his alma mater, Drake University in Iowa. At the time, Rutgers was in the Big East, and Terry Shea was the head coach. He says Rutgers didn't have the strength and conditioning resources to face national powers Miami and Virginia Tech.
1: You start with the staff, and we had a staff of one, and uh, we had an assistant, but he was part-time. So, um, you can see just from the manpower standpoint, I'm sure that has changed drastically. So, um, in those, in those years of, of Rutgers football, we had one strength coach and he basically, uh, had to go around and, you know, chart, uh, improvement and development. And that was, that was the essence of, of our strength and conditioning program was, Uh, to try to build up the numbers, and I think uh, that is archaic now uh, because there's so many other important factors involved.
4: Shea knows how it's all changed because he still trains elite quarterbacks like 2011 Heisman Trophy winner Robert Griffin III. Here's how Shea remembers the strength and conditioning program at Rutgers when he was the head coach from 1996 to
1: 2000. We did not have anything like a nutritionist. We we, we were fighting hard as a coaching staff to make sure we had training table seven days a week. And that was even difficult. You know, there, there were weekends where we were told, well, the, the guys are on their own. So it was one of those uh, things that we just had to balance and we had to obviously address.
4: Left tackle Tariq Cole is the poster boy for the new program. The one-time 400-pound high school recruit now weighs 313 pounds and has cut his body fat from 24% to 17% in the first seven months with the new coaching staff. Rutgers offensive line coach A.J. Blazek, a former All-Big Ten selection at Iowa, has seen the transformation firsthand.
5: It's been fun to watch because even when 15 years ago when I had a you know, training table and you're in the same routine in the Big Ten as a player, you'd go out, you'd have, we had prime rib, you had fried chicken, I mean, you had all the good meals. Now it's such a science. And you see the sports science on TV. You see the nutrition. Um, our guys are just literally mobile bodybuilders is what they've become. They're lean. They're flexible. Allison, you know, what she brings. So KP and his staff don't have to monitor that, um, whether it's education, whether it's monitoring them. But my group of guys, i got three or four guys that, like, Tariqo, he'll go get shopping notes with her in the grocery store, and here's check my list. And to find guys that are that old, I was never that way.
4: Cole and Allison Kraymeyer went to the grocery store together in the spring so that she could teach him what to look for, what to avoid, and how to shop on a budget. Craymeyer also attends Rucker's practices and travels with the team. Cole knows that in Rucker's new up-tempo, no-huddle, spread offense, there's no room for sluggish offensive linemen.
0: In this offense, we have to run. So um, you can't get tired very fast, and that's all about what you need from uh, breakfast to dinner. If you have a bunch of nacho cheese or McDonald's or something like that, you cannot be able to run. You won't be able to run. It's going to affect you down the hole. I know it won't for all like the high school kids that just eat whatever they want. It's going to affect you later
4: in, in your life. To get the point across on a college campus is difficult enough. To get it across at a university where the signature delicacy is called the fat sandwich takes a little extra effort. Craymeyer analyzed the menus of local restaurants and created a travel guide that highlights the healthy choices at each place.
2: The guys will definitely say, hey, how's my plate? They'll show it to me. They'll call me over. Um, I walk around and, you know, check it out. And, or they'll, you know, maybe they'll even send me a picture of it. Um, they'll come to my office for snacks. Um, whatever it is, they're, they're very um, buying into, you know, knowing how nutrition affects them. Um, I just really hope that they see that if they feel their bodies properly, they feel better versus, you know, going out and eating something really fried, really high in fat. You know, they know how they feel afterwards and they oh, this nutrition, you know, making sure I have good nutrition in my body um, is very important.
4: By now, diehard Rutgers fans are familiar with the legend of the first off off-season workout under Parker. For those who aren't, it was so demanding and so cold out. That icicles froze to beards as players did bear crawls in the snow. It sounds like a tall tale, except it's as true as if folk hero Paul Bunyan played for the Wisconsin Badgers. Here's Parker's first impression of the team.
0: We have a long way to go. Oh God. This, we gotta roll our sleeves up and work a little bit harder than everybody else and outwork people. It's gonna be really simple. It's like anything in life, though, you better outwork people. We are behind the eight ball, and we were a long way to go.
4: Players worked hard under Jeremy Cole, the former strength coach. But Parker demands something different from the mind, says linebacker T.J. Taylor. He quickly understood why Parker had a reputation among Ohio State players for being relatable and running them ragged.
0: His position where he is um, as a strength coach, he wouldn't. This is probably the best job for him, you know, out of all the jobs in the world because he's so passionate about what he does. He cares about us.
4: Rutgers players are graded on attitude and effort on a scoreboard that hangs in plain sight at the Hale Center. If they are getting their buck kicked in the weight room or on the field, they know not to come with excuses. Those get rejected. Cell phones, hats, Earrings, and even yawns are also prohibited under Parker's code of conduct. The punishment for most violations is push-ups. Taylor says the message is loud and clear.
0: Every day that we come here to work out, we know we're here to work. It's um, no playing around. It's all 100% seriousness, and that's, that's in the way we're on the football field as well.
4: Parker's enthusiasm won over longtime Rutgers boosters Ron and Joanna Garudi. After the three of them had a casual seven-minute conversation about life, the Garudis decided to foot the bill for the new weight room. Out of nowhere, Rutgers was in line for new equipment, new artificial turf, and a new $400,000 floor that is easy on joints. Parker was dumbfounded.
0: I was just blown away. And for them to do that, I'm at a loss for words. I kid you not. I wish I could I I do something for them. And the thing I know I can do for them is make sure they're proud of this team that they see on the field.
4: Ash says the short- and long-term impact of the weight room is far-reaching.
5: It, it's a big thing for all areas of this program. Uh, when, play, when recruits walk in there, it's a facility that they'll go, wow, this is impressive, this is a big-time uh, facility. Um, you know, I can be developed to reach my full potential here. Uh, from our players' standpoint, there's equipment in there that we didn't have before that can help train uh, players in, in uh, certain areas of their body. There's equipment in there to help uh, injured players develop uh, their lower body if they can't squat, their upper body if they can't do certain things. Uh, so it's just it's a space that really fits all of our needs.
4: Because recruiting is a game of advantages, Craymeyer gives a brief presentation when prospects visit campus. She explains why Rutgers is ahead of the game in providing athletes nutritional benefits. Most of the questions come from mothers who want to make sure that their sons are going to be well fed, and from recruits who want to make sure that they are not about to go on the equivalent of a wedding diet. The snack stand eliminates some concerns. It's stocked with fresh fruit, granola bars, cereal, goldfish, and more.
2: In terms of bigger, healthier, leaner football players, um, it changed the game in making these student athletes healthier, Um, while bettering their performance and learning their skills, um, that will last a lifetime.
4: Like anything else, it started at the top of the football food chain. When Shea started coaching in the NFL in 2001, the standard line was to tell a player, report for training camp at this weight or you'll be fined. By 2007, Shea noticed pros taking better care of themselves. Some were bringing lunch from home each day. Shea found it unique because he was used to seeing players rely on cafeteria meals rather than caring so much about what went into their bodies.
1: In college, you know, we were, we were hoping just that the athlete would, you know, somehow grow and mature and get to that weight that we were hoping he, he could handle. So um, it, was, it was very, very different uh, than what it is today.
4: It's much more difficult to be unique now, though Rutgers is trying to be or rather, trying to be as unique as Ohio State already is.
5: What we've done is we've modeled that here uh, because I think it's as good as anywhere in, in America, and I think that we're doing those uh, things here. And uh, I honestly, I mean, people think I'm crazy. I think we're doing it as good as anybody in America, the way our, our strength and condition and nutrition staff work together, our recovery, our, our uh, hydration plan. We don't have cramping. Uh, it's very, very rare that a player gets cramped up uh, in, in our practices. Um, they, they leave uh, the facility after long days uh, at their weight. Uh, they go to practice hydrated. We have a very systematic way to hydrate them during practice. Uh, and um, I mean, I like where we're at with all that right now. And I think if you ask the players, I think that's the, the real uh, test is, is it theory or is it testimony? You know, talk to them. They feel great, they feel better than they've ever felt before. And uh, again, it's not uh, just one factor, it's a lot that's contributed to it.
4: Ash describes Rutgers as an event based program where shared suffering behind the scenes builds what you know as team chemistry. The Scarlet Knights call it a brotherhood of trust. It's what helps the team survive the annual Valentine's Day celebration, the most grueling workout of the year, with everything Parker teaches rolled into one session.
0: A rite of passage type day. It's a day that you know, we, we try to find out who are the pretenders and who are the contenders, the ones who... Or need a little bit extra kicking the button. Who doesn't? Who's ready to lead this team and who's not? It's a very—it's a separation day. It really is. It's a fun day. Uh, the players who go all out and have a lot of energy—they have fun. They love it. And the guys who hate it—they get exposed really quick.
4: The ones who lead the pack are most likely to be inducted into the Champions Club, an Ohio State creation borrowed by Rutgers. The hardest working players are honored and awarded with upgraded swag. It's Parker's favorite day of the year. The real prize, however, is at the dinner table.
0: You eat like a king. The ones who don't make it eat uh, cold hamburgers, cold hot dogs with tap water, like warm tap water. It's awful. Uh, The people who make it have steak, lobster with macaroni and cheese in it, um, mozzarella sticks. They have some of them salads, they have fine china, some of this is very beautiful, like you take your woman out on a date, like she smiles for me there, like it's a good day.
4: The dichotomy of those two days best depicts the two ends of the spectrum under Ash and Parker, high demands, high praise. The early result has been a high level of buy-in from the players.
5: Uh, Well, I think they saw changes uh, happen fairly quickly. Um, I think one of the things that's a, a motivating factor for student athletes is, uh, you know, coaches do what they say they're going to do. Uh, we came in with a plan. Uh, I told them what that plan was. I told them about the changes that we wanted to make. I, I t- talked to them about uh, the changes that would occur in their body and in their minds if they were all in. And uh, it wasn't just lip service, uh, it's worked, and they saw it working. And I think they got motivated by that, and they saw that if they stayed, Uh, that at some point uh, they'll be a lot uh, more successful because of it.
4: So, is any of this working? Rutgers players believe so, and they point to a second-half comeback against Howard in the home opener. Looking back on it, co-captain Julian Pinnocks odrick is actually happy Parker put the players through grueling workouts.
2: You know, every year you're going to have somebody's cramping up, somebody's doing something. But yeah, I think think we're definitely a little bit more um, ahead of the curve right now. Uh, than we've been in the past, um, you know, that's due to, you know, leadership trying to make sure guys are drinking, make sure, make sure guys are hydrating. I was telling guys as much as I could to hydrate because, I, you know, every year, we oh, said this in the summer, watch. Howard game is going to be extremely hot. I was like, we, I don't know the weather forecast and nothing. Watch, it's going to be hot. The first home opener is always extremely hot. And, uh, no, yeah, but I'm really happy the guys got out here okay. Like, it was burning now. It was a struggle, but we weren't cramping. That's all the coaches kept saying. You're ready for this. You're ready for this season. It's fine. We're practicing this all year. Don't worry about it.
3: Ryan, the big thing I took away from that is really just how invested Rutgers is in this. It's not just hiring Kenny Parker. It's not just bringing in a new coach. I mean, it's, they're really trying to change everything with sports science, really how they condition their athletes, which I think for a Rutgers fan, that's exciting because this isn't just a one-step process. This is a big thing.
4: Yeah, Chris Ash had a plan when he came to Rutgers. Just like who he was going to hire as his offensive coordinator, what offense he was going to run, what defense he was going to run, strength and conditioning was going to be part of what he did at Rutgers. Kenny Parker was his guy. As you heard, he wouldn't have come here without him. That included what they were going to invest in nutrition, what how he wanted to redo the weight room. All this was part of it. This isn't a one-off thing. This is where he thinks the future of college football is going. He wants to take Rutgers there.
3: So what are your impressions of Parker? And are the kids buying in? Because that's so important here.
4: Yeah, the players are buying in. I mean, they see the rewards, the Champions Club, the way they get to eat like a the They see the idea that if you do buy in, there's a reward for it. And I think they wanted it. I think when you talk to these guys, I think they wanted a little bit of... They they took it really hard last season to go 4-8, to be labeled as quitters at the end of the season by their own new coach. I think they wanted to buy in. They wanted to show that they had pride Uh, Chris Ash has said multiple times that when he came here, he thought his way was going to be so tough that kids were going to leave this program because they couldn't hack it. What we've seen instead, of course, you got a couple a handful of kids who have left Rutgers transfers. What we've seen instead is especially the leaders of this team have really bought in and then everybody else has kind of rallied around that.
3: You think about sports science and what it is, and really, it's it's a lifestyle. It's not so much just doing what a coach says. And the part that jumped out to me was the sleeping, right? And I just think back to when I was at school. I just didn't sleep. I, I couldn't have done this. And it wasn't even the nutrition. It was sleeping. Is that You think that's a problem? You think these kids are really buying in and changing their whole lifestyle to become what Rutgers needs them to become?
4: I think having gone to Rutgers myself, the hardest part is the eating right. I mean, to me, that's what I think the hardest part would be. I mean, you're on a campus where I could name 20 pizza places at, at Rutgers off the top of my head. And all of it, they're famous for the fat sandwich, which is pretty much the nightmare of Kenny Parker. So I think that's the hardest part for them. I think they would tell you the workouts are the hardest part. I mean, up at 5 a.m., Uh, grueling workouts, just being pushed and Jeremy Cole, the former Rutgers strength and conditioning coach pushed them, but I think they're being pushed to a whole new level. Almost one of those things where they want to
3: break them down and rebuild them. So right at the beginning, they're listening to everything with you and Kenny Parker and this, this entire process. The one thing that jumped out to me is where Rutgers sits in terms of how big they are right on the lines compared to the rest of the big 10. How much stock do you think we could put into what Kenny Parker can do compared to the reality of the kids that Rutgers might recruit and really trying to pair a kid that they're going to bring in here to a bigger kid at Iowa? I mean, how much can really Kenny Parker do with a 260-pound kid compared to a 330-pound kid? Can he get him to that level? That's a great point. You play the hand you're dealt, and right now what they were
4: dealt from the last staff was a philosophy that they believed you could overcome size disadvantages with quickness advantages. The The smaller, quicker guy would be able to cancel out some of his size disadvantages by being quicker. In the Big Ten, that's not going to work because the really big guy is also really skilled. So you need to be able to cancel out some of that... Uh, some of that size disadvantage. So yeah, I think for now, it's all about maximizing what they have. But in the future, none of this is going to change. They're still going to be concerned about nutrition. They're still going to be concerned about weight gains, but they're going to be
3: doing it with guys who have a bigger platform to begin with. Do you think the offense they're running and the up-tempo that they really want to put in here is almost going to force these kids to get on board? Because there was a part in there where it was like, look, if you eat these kind of foods, you won't be able to run. And if you can't run, you can't play in our offense. So do you almost think that the reward you mentioned before, some of the re- rewards they have, but just the idea that if you don't follow the program... You physically can't play in this offense and in this scheme.
4: Yeah, one of the things that Ash and everybody mentions all the time is who wins the races in practice. And you sit there and you think, why are they telling me this? Why is this important, who wins the races in practice? Well, it's because they notice everything. So yes, if you don't win a race in practice, if you're coming in last in practice, then they notice that. So obviously, if you're out of shape and win, coming in last in those races, you're not going to get on the field because you're out of shape. And then if you are on the field, it's going to be super noticeable that you're the guy who's causing them to be late to the huddle. You're the guy who's dragging behind the play. And their plan is to have enough depth. And we've seen Chris Ash rely on walk-ons already. So he'll just, your next man
3: up. So what is success here, Ryan, in terms of this you know, what Kenny Parker's trying to do. Is it having physically fit athletes? Is it playing well deep into games? And we've seen early in the Rutgers season, a couple of good second halves where you could probably make a a case that part of it was they were in better shape than the other team. How do they define success with this? Is it aesthetically or is it really in the nitty gritty of a fourth quarter and which of these kids are really in shape and really ready to go? I think the definition
4: from talking to Coach Parker, from talking to Coach Ash, the definition of success is, yes, on the field, that's what they want. They want a team that in the fourth quarter is better prepared conditionally, in better shape, better prepared mentally, because so much of this is mental. So much of this is we put you in the toughest positions you could possibly be in. So on game day, you're not going to face anything tougher. You're already going to know that you can handle adversity, that your teammates are there for you in these times, so that in the fourth quarter, they're going to be, Able to band together and overcome whatever obstacles in front of them on game day is going to be easier than whatever obstacles in front of them Monday through Friday. And then aesthetically, yeah, they want to they want to look like a Big Ten team. They haven't. Rutgers hasn't looked like a Big Ten team. Even the eight and five season in two thousand fourteen, when they played well, they didn't look like a Big Ten team.
3: Now, I think the last thing is to move it forward with this program what they're trying to do is obviously we mentioned earlier they want to get better athletes, want to get better recruits. You always hear these kids talk about the facilities, like when they go to some of these schools and how amazing it is. That has to be part of this thinking too, right? It's not just to get this team right now that we're watching to play better, but to get the kid two years from now to say, wow, look at the kids at Rutgers, look what they're becoming, look at those facilities. Maybe that is a school I want to go to. Yeah, that was behind the weight
4: room. I mean, the weight room itself to invest that much money in the weight room when there's so many things that Rutgers needs money for. To make the weight room such a priority, there's a recruiting aspect of that. You want your kids to be wowed when they walk in a, in a weight room. And the Rutgers weight room I've been in, it is pretty impressive. Uh, that was a recruiting aspect. Let's build for the future. And then what I thought was really interesting was when I was talking to the nutritionist and she said she does recruiting presentations because all these moms want to know How's my son going to be fed? I think back to my mom. That's what she was worried about, my meal plan in college, where I was eating. And that's what these moms want to know. And they're thrilled to hear that their sons are going to be you know, on a regimented diet and they can eat whenever they
3: want and that kind of thing. That's all built towards recruiting and getting the best possible athletes. Yeah, this is going to be fun to watch now and then into the future, too, to see how this progresses. Thanks, Ryan. Next time on Rebuilding Rutgers from the Ashes. The year was 2006. Rutgers was undefeated, ranked 15th in the country, and playing number three Louisville in front of a national audience on ESPN. The game had national title implications. That night, the Scarlet Knights landed what many consider the best win in school history. There was pandemonium in Piscataway. Now, on the 10-year anniversary, Ray Rice and many others look back on that game.
1: Even when I come around now, it's like people are like, how about that Louisville game? And I'm like, wow, I mean, that was a moment. I remember from then on, like, the Empire State Building being lit red. I remember my old perspective of um, college football just changing in that moment.